Thank you, Benjamin. Now, taking a look at your headlines. South Africa to appeal the recent High Court judgment relating to Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir. Asylums attack numerous polling stations in Burundi, disrupting voting in controversial polls. And Gambia's President Yaya Jamey dismisses two judges in the Supreme Court. And looking at your latest news, the South African government is preparing an appeal against the Pretoria High Court judgment regarding Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir. Al-Bashir left the country despite a High Court interim order preventing him to do so. The court also ruled that he be arrested, but it emerged after the order that he had already left the country. Al-Bashir is wanted by the International Criminal Court on charges of genocide and crimes against humanity committed in Sudan's Defoe region, which left 300,000 people dead. The court recommended criminal investigation against those who allowed his departure in violation of the interim order. South Africa's acting cabinet spokesperson, Pumla Williams. The government has had an opportunity to study the halting high court judgment on President al-Bashir matter. It has decided to appeal the judgment. The reasons for the appeal will be contained in an affidavit that is being put together. It will be submitted within the prescribed uh, period, which is 14 days from the time of the, the, the date of the judgment. Assailants have attacked numerous polling stations in Burundi overnight, disrupting the start of voting in controversial polls that followed two months of unrest over the president's bid for a third term. Armed groups threw grenades at stations in both the capital, Bujumbura, and in some provinces ahead of Monday's parliamentary and local elections. Voting has not yet begun in many centers in the capital as elections officials try to prepare material which arrived late because of the attack. Investigators are searching for one or more accomplices in an attack on a luxury hotel in a Tunisian beach resort that killed 38 people. A security official close to the investigation confirmed news reports indicating that a swimmer found the attacker's cell phone in the Mediterranean, which showed he spoke to his father just before the attack. The father and three roommates of the attacker have been detained and are being questioned in the capital, Tunis. Authorities believe the suspected accomplices provided an assault rifle to the suspect and helped him to get to the scene. The SADC fact-finding mission sent to Lesotho to assess the situation following last week's shooting of former Army Commander Mabarangwe Mahau says it believes Lesotho needs to fast-track security reforms to avoid an escalation of tensions. South Africa's Defense Minister Nosivwe Mapisangakula has led a delegation comprising of South Africa, Namibia and Zimbabwe. Mapisangakula says after meeting stakeholders and the Mahau family, they found that urgent action was required to normalize the situation. This is the second statement from the government following Mahau's killing. Metzing says the government has informed international organizations, including SADC, AU, Commonwealth, UN and diplomatic missions. Apart from the statements and contact with the acting commissioner of police and assistant commissioners who delivered the news of Mahau's death, no political official has been to the Mahau home. However, Mahau brothers say some ministers have called them to say they are embarrassed by this incident.
And that was report from Takane Ngatane. Now, finally, Gambia's President Yaya Jamey has dismissed two judges in the Supreme Court. This after criticizing the court's move to commute several death sentences to life sentences in prison. The lawyer who spoke on condition of anonymity says Raymond Sok and Gibo Janet were sacked on Thursday without any explanation from the government. The sacking following, follows the dismissal of Gambia's former Chief Justice, the Pakistani Ali Azawad Cho now in May, who was asked to leave Gambia within 72 hours. Shortly after a failed coup attempt in January, Jamey vowed to teach attackers a lesson. Now recapping on your top stories, South Africa to appeal the recent High Court judgment relating to Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir asylums attack numerous polling stations in Burundi, disrupting voting in controversial polls. And Gambia's President Yaya Jameh dismisses two judges in the Supreme Court. Channel Africa News, I'm Onilin Sinsi. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, right here on our frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. That's if you're listening to us uh, via our shortwave service on DSTV. You are listening to us on the Channel 902 on our DSTV bouquet. Thank you for joining us there as well. But if you're streaming us live, thank you for joining us on www.channelafrica.co.za, www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, when I started the program, I was looking at the idea, what images, what ideas, what thoughts come into your mind when you think of uh, the word Africa? The message of what Africa represents is always mixed, mired in the past definition of Africa being identified as a dark continent. But recently, there's a new narrative of Africa with sightings made of the continent's economic potential. But it's, not, it's no question that Africa has challenges such as poverty, political crisis in various countries, and obstacles they, cha- they face in social and economic development. Now, an event named the African Dream Summit took place recently, which was aimed at looking at the identity of the continent and how Africans can forge a more positive and upbeat brand for Africa. Now, joining us on the line, we have uh, uh, Rejoice Ngumalo and also so we've got uh, uh, advocate uh, Sabelo Sibanda in studio with us. And uh, Rejoice Numalu is the chairperson of the South African Association of Investors and also has started this particular summit, which is very interesting indeed. She'll tell us a little bit more about it, African Dream Summit. And also we have advocate Sabelo Sibanda, as I mentioned. Uh, he's a human rights and criminal law expert and also the founder of the School of African Awareness and the Ama Africa Accord. And we also have the actor on the line, uh, Silo uh, Makagangube. And then uh, thank you for joining us all on our program today. Let's start with you, Rejoice. It was your idea, this idea of um, the African Dream Summit. Tell us, this, tell us a little bit more about what it's all about. Yeah, good morning. Good morning to the listeners and thank you for having us. Sure. Um, you know, the uh, African dream, we call it African dream. Mm. Um, and it, it's really just um, a mix of the words um, in terms of... African idea which is, it seems like such a huge dream mm. and initially really it was it was a personal dream you know um, thinking about just taking off and going into um, you know traveling around the African continent mm. 
to, to, to discover and explore the positive stories because um, we, I sort of, you know, with my partner, um, th- thought we need to start telling our own African stories. Okay. Uh, we need to change the narrative mm. of, of what are the stories that we talk about. You know, when you talk about Africa, you mentioned it earlier. Mm. And um, so we were just going to take off the two of us with, with our children and, and really travel Africa for two years. And, mm, cool. and Yeah. That sounds fun. You guys have a big budget. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what a lot of people think. And, and, and hence, this is an African dream because mm. we didn't have a budget. Mm. We said, we're going to sell everything that we have. Mm. Um, we're going to strap a caravan mm. because at least you don't have to worry about hotels. I mean, Africa, is we're talking American dollar. Yeah. So from my rent, it was just really um, a madness, um, a kind of a situation. mad thought, yeah, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, so that's where we started. Three years ago, we thought... We're gonna just do that, and mm. we've really put our house, uh, our house on on sale, etc., etc. Are you serious? Very seriously, okay. um, and it's happening, you know. Right. But but two years in a row, and as we, we 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 continued, you know, to look at this dream that we had, we we're like, okay, we're gonna do a documentary, we're gonna do yeah. photos on the uh, on 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 all the social media, yeah. and and really share our experiences. In Africa, as okay. we're traveling, awesome. you know, and but it, it, it sort of grew from there. Mm. And then you had the xenophobia happening. And then you had, and we were thinking, how are we actually going to achieve this? Mm. You know, because we really need to get people involved mm. um, into, into this dream of ours to say, what is Africa all about? Mm. What is my dream as Africa? Because my dream, I mean, I've worked um, for the past 10 years with, with the, the South African Association of Investors, really trying to educate and, and, and to do financial literacy to African people to say, let mm. us stop saving money because only with money, when we have money in our hands, we can be able to change things, mm. you know? Mm. And so the summit came about because we thought, okay, let's call the summit. Let us actually not just do this, um, just the two of us on our own. Let's call all the think tanks. Mm. Let's call all the movers and the shakers in terms of the African space, all the people that with experience, all the people that have possibly been there, done that, and say, how do we work together as Africans mm. to shape this dream? You Fantastic. know, so so that's why the summit happened. All but, right, let, let, yeah. me, let me move on quickly. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to this whole summit idea, mm-hmm. but I, I want to move on to uh, Advocate Sabe Lusibanda. Tell us a little bit about your views in terms of uh, uh, this whole idea of the brand of Africa. We know that it's very difficult to say, well. Oh, well, Africa is uh, culturally diverse. It's got a lot of cultures, a lot of languages, a lot of humanity. Yes, we can push those agendas. But hey, we do have challenges such as poverty. We do have challenges such as inequalities, uh, such uh, challenges such as um, being backward in terms of our development in our economies and in terms of infrastructure. So how do we create this uh, positive brand for the continent? What are your views, Sabir? I think the most important thing about branding and looking at um, Africa per se is first and foremost, as we concern ourselves, who are we branding ourselves to? Mm. The tendency when we look at ourselves as Africans is to rate ourselves according to how we appeal to the West how we appeal to other people. So the issue at stake now is how do we create a brand that speaks to us first and foremost? Mm. How do I as an African get to a point where I am proud of my Africanness, where I am proud of my culture? Because definitely you're right that there is this diversity, Mm. which is beautiful in its own way, 
But then there are also these other challenges mm. that we necessarily have to deal with. So it will take a scenario where we give value to ourselves first and we give value to our culture over and beyond the entertainment value that we have now put on our culture. Mm. Our culture has become a way by which to entertain as against being the life that it should be mm. as African people. So you find that um, in many ways, as long as we cannot address the psyche of the African, then that brand will never really amount to much. Mm. And the issues pertaining to poverty, you find that um, if we were to address the scenario where ownership of resources is in the African hands, then we can begin to generate a situation whereby African people advance themselves in their own way and on their own terms. Because the current scenario as we stand right now mm -hmm. is that regardless of um, the scenario which talks to so-called independence, mm. the neo-colonial aspect of who we are as African people has continued to distort who we are as Africans. Well, we'll come back to that because I think we need to unpack what that actually means, especially living in a global society. Absolutely. But let's go to our lines. We've got Silo mm. there, an actor in South Africa, very prominent actor in South Africa. And as young as I am, since I was being a child, I've seen him on television. He's been a, a big, big representation of arts in South Africa and, and on the continent. Silo, thank you for joining us. Thank you, uh, Benjamin. And hi, Fabio. And You're doing I my brother. Hi, Silo. Fantastic. Now, I, I want to look mm. at some of these issues that we've highlighted. And I, I think with you, I want to look at representation as a person who works in the arts and culture. Representation of culture, what you see on television, what we see in our music videos, what we, see, what we hear on the radio. As a young South African, I feel like we haven't come to a place where uh, we are actually... Uh, having that consciousness highlighted by Advocate Sabelo Sibanda of actually actually holding on to our cultures. I think we have moved into a scenario where we are very much westernized. We are living, uh, my, I look at my clothes and I'm very western. It's just the way I am. Uh, I listen to the music I listen to. I'm very western. The places I go to eat, they're very western food. So how, how, how do we actually get to that place? I mean, especially from a, an arts and culture perspective, what are your views, sir? Uh, thank you for the opportunity, uh, Benjamin. Um, my view with regards to, you know, um, where we are at and how we've got to change our narrative, you know, I think, you know, I find myself, you know, I mean, there are two things. I am inspired by the energy that Rejoice is having, you know, and also I am inspired by, you know, the... Um, consciousness that Sabelo is having and from the artistic side I feel you know I am surrounded by people who will help me realize the African dream mm. and a freaking dream <laughs> you know Absolutely. and I will tell you how so 
you know, at the present moment, you know, I feel, you know, I, you know, I'm actually already aging now. I'm heading, you know, I'm... Well, you don't look like it. You, you still look... Uh... I will be applying <laughs> for, for my card at Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's the energy, you know, that um, Rejoice has, and Joyce will do the, Rejoice will do the running for me. <laughs> but here's where, where we're supposed to be, uh, is that... You know, we constantly are trying, as uh, Sabelo had already intimated, that we try to measure ourselves according to the West. Mm. And what we need to do is to start a narrative of self-recognition mm. and self-definition and not defining so that we please other people, but in such a way that we actually just live what we know and who we are. Mm. And most importantly, permit ourselves what we already know. There are things that we know, but we're not permitting ourselves to know them. And I think that's where, for me, culture will play an important role. Mm. You know, the things that you are talking about, I mean, you know, one thing that I, I appreciated when I saw Sabe alone at the, at, the, at the summit last week, it was how he was, you know, in his own garb mm, that mm. just defined him and he didn't want to try and say I don't know how he's dressed there now you know <laughs> but he was just saying I am yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying the same thing him. my brother yeah. well, well let me move on just <laughs> you know well let me move on quickly because we've got uh, scholar, okay. uh, scholar sticker uh, Silvan Kimario who is the founder of the Kilimanjaro Conscious Leadership Institute and also a former United Nations ambassador to South Africa in Lesotho. Uh, what, what are your views in terms of branding Africa? We are struggling as a continent in this atmosphere of globalization, in a space where we're becoming more uh, uh, techno-savvy, where we're becoming very much westernized. What are your views, ma'am? Um, good morning, colleagues. Um, this is Scholastica. I'm very happy to join this discussion. Um, the first question you asked was about how I, one views Africa. Mm. I worked with the United Nations for 31 years, most of it in Africa, and I saw a very resilient people. And, you know... They say if the hunter is the one who is telling the story, he will tell the story of the hunter and not the hunter. Mm. And I feel the first challenge and opportunity we have is to begin, especially those of, of us who have any influence on the media, is to begin to tell the African story from the African people's lives and perspectives not by reporting on what leaders do or don't do. So for me, my perception of Africa, I worked in Liberia, I worked in South Africa during the very exciting times of CODESA and coming to a new democracy. I've worked in the Sutu and a number of African countries. And every time I was reminded that it is the people who are the biggest resource it is the people who are the human capital. It is the people who fought for freedom. But now, the, our government, the structure of government is such that uh, with multi-party democracy mm. and sectoral ministries, 
we, the government has not found a way for people to participate. And between the government and the donors, we have managed to convince people that they should wait for us to do, to do service delivery for them. Mm. And our people have kind of believed us and are waiting for us to deliver. So for me, the greatest resource which we have to tap into is to go back to the people and say, you are the leaders you have been waiting for. How do you want to participate on this? Which is why I'm so excited at this dream of Rejoice and Bongani, you know, Kumalo, who are saying, no, we are not sitting in, uh, here. We are going to go into Africa and actually, uh, you know, explore the possibilities uh, w- uh, and, and actually work with other Africans in order to mm-hmm. benefit from our own wealth. Well, we have to take a quick break there. You are listening to Channel Africa. We're looking at the brand of Africa. When you think of the word Africa, wherever you are in the world listening to us, what comes into your mind? How do you see the continent of Africa? Let us know your thoughts by SMSing us on plus two seven zero seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven zero seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's uh, if you are outside uh, uh, South Africa, but if you're in South Africa, you just SMS zero seven nine. We'll take a quick break because I think we need to get to the practicalities. I think we've been very ideological right now when we started the program. But really, how do you really get practical with these ideas and themes that we're talking about? Uh, My name is Benjamin Mushata. I'm in studio with me. I've got Rejoice Numalo, who is the chairperson of the South African Association of Investors and also the founder of uh, Freaking Dream Movement. And also we've got advocate uh, Sabe Lusibanda, who is a human rights and criminal law expert and also the founder of the School of African Awareness and Ama Africa at Koto. And also we've got on the line Scholastica Silvan Kimario who is the founder of the Kilimanjaro Conscious Leadership Institute. On the line we also have uh, the uh, artist and actor and also uh, he's been an activist in the past, uh, Silo Makaganube. And uh, we're going to just uh, take a quick break and come back to this conversation. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views, and great African entertainment. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa. The voice of the African Renaissance. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to us on Channel 902 if you're listening to us via DSTV. And if you're listening to us on our shortwave uh, service into the continent, it's on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Online, it's on www.channelafrica.co.za. Today, we're looking at the African brand. Hey, we know that in the past, we it used to be very big where we were called the dark continent. It was actually a media campaign. Africa, the 
dark continent and every time you saw the image of Africa it was almost like always seen in an image of blackness or you used to see a child who's uh, very much thin and frail and poor and uh, those images are changing slowly and surely but uh, in, in the space of globalization where well, the world is looking the same in anywhere you go whether you go in China where you go to uh, uh, Europe uh, whether you go to the United States we all look the same because globalization has taken hold but uh, what does brand Africa mean does it mean I have to wear uh, an old school outfit and uh, be in leather skin and uh, talk uh, in Zulu 24 hours what does it actually mean rejoice let's get it practical now what does it mean to be African now what does brand Africa stand for when the world looks the same wherever you go you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very philosophical person. I'm a young person. Mm. And it really boils down to everything that I do, um, supporting anything African. Okay. So I don't have to wear sort of your old kind of clothes from, 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 from the beginning of days. Mm. But I can wear um, clothes that are made by an African. Okay. And for me, this just being African. Um, That's we, a long search. I mean, where do you go to find clothes that are made? By Absolutely. <laughs> and that is exactly <laughs> what we're saying. Yeah. That with, with the African dream to say, we want to get together. And hence we said, um, we're going to define it through the entrepreneurship. Yeah, because we're yeah. getting together all these entrepreneurs. And we're That's saying, great. as an African um, entrepreneur, as, 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 as David Tlale or mm, whoever, or, yeah. or a young, you know, um, designer, designer in Soweto yeah, yeah, wanting yeah. to put their things out there. Yeah, for yeah. me, first of all, you know, it's, it's all about positioning. It's all about branding it's mm. all about pricing mm. because we suffer uh, 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 with competition from china mm. because our things are very expensive mm. yes understandably there are, there are many variables mm. at why that's happening but but as a conscious african person just think about what you are doing at every moment mm. what are you eating what are you wearing okay fine we're still struggling on, on, on the issues of cars on the issues of computers mm. but we would like to get to that point mm. where we're saying as africa we are able to produce everything that we consume mm. we are consumers we're not producers mm. so for me once we start uh, uh, consuming everything African, that's where we'd be realizing. But I mean, mm. we have to take baby steps. Mm. Well, that's a good point. I mean, if you if you become consumers of African product, that means there'll be more African producers. Mm. Don't you think, Sabelo? Oh, absolutely. Um, without us producing, we will always be the effective slaves that we have become and continue to be. Mm. So necessarily, being African is about consciousness. Mm. We can dress the way I dress and um, speak in our languages. Mm. But if we are doing that by way of window dressing, then we're not achieving anything. Mm. It boils down to an African consciousness an African relationship with oneself as an African, where we have to go back to our African story mm. and understand where exactly we come from and where we are going. And when I talk about our African story, mm. it's important to understand that I say so in a clear differentiation between what we call his story because what is generally referred to as history, in our relanguaging process, we are calling it his story because this is a story about other people, more particularly okay. the Caucasians. Okay, I get what you say. And they okay. 
talk about prehistory, mm. which basically means that prehistory for them is not as relevant as their story where they start coming forth. Mm. And if we lack consciousness, which unfortunately is where we are right now, mm. we will forever see ourselves being defined by other people and their interpretation and understanding of the world. For instance, you find that when we talk about Africa, the tendency is to talk about pre-colonial Africa, colonial Africa, and post-colonial. What is at the center of that? The colonial experience. So we define ourselves according to a negative experience, and therefore that impacts upon our consciousness. It impacts upon our worldview. Whereas if we um, put Africa at the center and talk about ancestral Africa, post-ancestral Africa, and um, now we're looking at a post-post-ancestral Africa, I refuse to call it independent because we're not. That is one of the reasons why we are stuck in the situation that we're stuck in right now. That is why it's difficult, if not impossible, Mm. currently Mm. to realize our aspirations in as far as what um, my sister Rejoice is talking about. Mm. Mm. Well, I I need to move on. Let's hear what the other sentiments by our other guests on the program. Uh, Scholar Sticker, what's your views there in terms of uh, that perspective, in terms of... uh, creating a space where we become producers, producers of our own history, writing the narratives, telling the stories, but also creating industry that is Afrocentric. Um, thank you very much. I, I would like to continue on the basis of the point raised by Advocate Sabelo in terms of the issue of consciousness. And for me... Uh, one of the aspects of consciousness is actually uh, working with the African people to realize that we are an amazing people. Um, You know, when when, uh, when, when a lion grows up with a bunch of cats, it believes it is a cat. We have grown up with colonialism and and oppression and racism and sexism. And we now think from a victim mentality. And the first thing we need to do is actually to... to, There is knowledge, there are skills, there are tools uh, for people, starting with the enthusiastic people like Bori Joyce, to discover and unleash the greatness within them. And from that power, uh, you know, perspective of self-confidence, self-esteem, um, we will be able to create our own reality and recreate it right from our own strength. Africa is a rich continent. Uh, a number of African countries supported the struggle against apartheid. Those very Africans are waiting for South Afri- Southern Africans to uh, work with them in order to actually benefit from the wealth of Africa. And we must recognize there's a difference between African government and African people. And I believe our African people, including those working in government and political parties, we need to work together to, to obtain this knowledge, to change our mindset to have the art and science of living as victorious people and not as victims and petitioners. 
but also we need to create organized functions or organized systems whereby Scholastica, we're not just ideological because we've been ideological for many years now and it's been ongoing, but we need to create industry. Isn't that where the key is? Oh, I agree. Uh, and this is why I established, first of all, I went back to school and learned mind-body-energy medicine. Mm. I'm being very scientific. I am completely without ideology, without judgment, without religious overtones or undertones. Mm. I'm simply saying the person you bring to the table, whether you are a worker or a politician or an ordinary person, what you bring, the most important thing you bring to the table is your own self. Mm. And if yourself is not liberated by knowledge, by skills, by tools, then you find in industry we have high levels of uh, stress, mm. uh, we have la- high levels of absenteeism, uh, uh, underproductivity, poor work relationships, and high medical bills. And we deal with this from a perspective that does not recognize that actually those are spiritual imbalances, those are caused by stress and uh, depression, which can be dealt with when you and I are at peace with ourselves from within, mm. the answer lies within us, mm. each one of us. Mm. Let, let me move on to you, Silo, in terms of that idea of industry. Yeah. And uh, I know that in South Africa, I remember just uh, last year, there was a big hoo-ha about actors in South Africa and the whole actors in South Africa wanting a certain kind of uh, input in industry, wanting a certain type of wage and money and there, there was a big story and I know I'm citing generations here and I work at the SABC so mm-hmm. that, that, that was yeah. a big issue about how do we as artists have a, a sense of auto- autonomy but I think there was also a reliance on the service provider or the person you're working for but how do we as artists and individuals and experts create industries because I think as black um, um, middle class we've struggled to create industry we've struggled to start businesses we've struggled to be our own entrepreneurs our own bosses your views there especially when it comes to the arts look I mean you know um, for me uh, it is you know best described by um, what suddenly said that you know we are not independent Mm -hmm. you know and and I think also, apart from being independent, I think we lack consciousness, mm. Mm. you know. And for me, rather than sitting back and trying to debate all the failures, and I am tired of doing that, mm. Mm. I would rather be talking about a way forward. And for me, a way forward is to combine the human capital that Scholastica is talking about mm. and the consciousness mm. so that when I tell uh, my story, it is a story that is representative of who we are. That is Mm-hmm. Very good points there But we're going to take a, a quick break And then we're going to come back to uh, some of the areas And I think the big thing we talk I'm trying to be more practical But we keep going back to this consciousness issue And I think that's where it starts Because we need to kind of revise the thought of uh, 
how do we see ourselves as Africans and not just how we are seen? And that's a, a huge mental shift uh, that needs to take place from our side. And I think we've lost someone on the line, but we'll try and reconnect with our guests there. But you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama, listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's our service into the continent. We broadcast shortwave uh, to the rest of the continent. Uh, but if you're listening to us uh, via DSTV, it's on Channel 902. Thank you for joining us. And online it's on www.channelafrica.co.za. I've got a question for you. How do you see the continent? How do you see Africa? Is it still the dark continent for you? Or do you see uh, a light? Do you see a shimmering continent? What's your view? Plus 27779. Seven, seven, uh, Six nine five seven nine three zero plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero or if you're in South Africa it's oh seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. We'll continue after this conversation. Would like to get to know you, our listener. So we are asking you to tell us the country you're in and how you listen to the station. Is it via shortwave, internet or satellite? And what do you enjoy listening to? You can SMS us at Plus two seven eight two double three two five nine zero five, or email us. It's at info at channelafrica.org. You can also tell us via Facebook or tweet us on the handle at Channel Africa Numerical One, or write to us at the address PO Box nine one three one three Auckland Park, Johannesburg two thousand and six Republic of South Africa. We look forward to hearing from you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. How do you see the continent of Africa? Is it in good light or do you just see the negativity? Let us know your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's our number for outside South Africa. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. If you're in South Africa, it's oh seven nine six nine five seven nine three. Three zero. Now let's wrap it up. You know, we've been speaking about uh, how to see the whole issue, how to actually um, review our continent, how to see ourselves. But we've stuck to one word throughout this conversation, and that's consciousness. That's how we think about ourselves. That's how we start to redefine ourselves. And uh, also, this word has been a word that has been around for for ages on the continent and it has been a theme over and over and over by great creators by great teachers they've taught us the idea of self-knowledge and and i want to go back to that sabel how, how important is that issue of self-knowledge that idea of consciousness self-knowledge is by far the most critical of things that is why when you look at um, the ancient kemetic temples at the entrance was written, Know Thyself. Because yeah. if you don't know yourself, you'll forever have your reality informed by others, other people's interpretations of who you are. That is why we have started an entity called uh, Upondo Community Network, which is basically a grassroots structure, which is working with communities on the ground and facilitating a process whereby 
we can encourage African people to love themselves. Mm. We have seen in Africa this um, attempted drive from so-called westernization, mm. but the unfortunate thing is that it um, completely jumps across to the east. Mm. We're now looking at the Chinese as an alternative mm. to the west. Mm. We don't see ourselves so, so. anywhere in that equation. Mm. It's because we don't know ourselves. We don't know what we are capable of. We don't know our strengths. We don't realize even the beauty of our own continent, where by beauty I'm talking about its ability to sustain us as a people. Well, let's come back to you, uh, Scholastica. Your views there, that idea of consciousness. You were speaking about it earlier on and you were relating, but let's let's look at the importance of that, especially when it comes to, I look at my community. I'm from Tembisa, very much uh, a, a township, and it's got its challenges, a lot of challenges. And sometimes when you're dealing with poverty, when you're dealing with hardships, when you're dealing with unemployment, my thing is, how do you, redefine yourself? How do you start thinking differently? Your views there, Scholastica. Um, uh, thank you. First of all, I think uh, let, let, let's start somewhere where we can see success and begin to believe in ourselves. Every company actually has a wellness program. People walk and people are, are, are taught about good nutrition. Mm. If we start right now to also have programs that help every worker at all levels. Okay, we're going we're gonna to sort that out um, quickly. Sorry to uh, interrupt you. Uh, I think you're still on air, but I think we're struggling with uh, Silo there. I think he's in a busy space, so uh, we're going to let him go. But let's see if we have uh, Scholastica there. She's still there? Oh, no, we're still struggling with that particular line. But let's let's move on to you, Rejoice, uh, as we wrap up the program. I don't think we'll be able to get that thought anyway from Stolastica because we're running out of time. We've got about two minutes left. As a, you were saying, you're very modern, you're very kind of um, it, with the times. Uh, in terms of your consciousness, how, how important is that to re-link yourself to the continent? Absolutely. I mean, we're hungry. Mm. We're unemployed. We mm. don't have food on our table. Mm, mm. And that's where exactly where we need to begin. We're so clustered around our problems that we fail to see opportunity. Okay. So, so, so we need to really get out of our, our space and say government wanted to give us jobs and mm. really look mm. into what can I do to, to, to succeed. So we're looking at people crossing borders for business. Mm. Um, so we're going to be running events, training, mentorship programs, mm. um, some even on the media. You know, that's why we have your Busil Lolibu, um, mm. Dumiso mm. Masha on, mm. on board. Mm. You know, and really, really focus on enterprise development however mm. african conscious enterprise development okay. consciously okay. Okay. and that's really what we are doing mm. so that we can get out of that space of self pt or looking to the to, to china mm. or looking to america and i think media really needs to come in and play a very important role to mm. say how do we define ourselves yeah definitely you know i want to i want to consume music that that i know um, i can identify with let mm. us consume more african music i mean mm. that's where the money is anyway we're mm. taking all our money sending it to beyonce i mean i love beyonce but i mean at the end of the day I love what I listen to. Mm. If you feed me something, that's what I'm going to get. So I think exactly. we all need to come together as Africans and say, let us start consuming what is it that we produce. Yeah, fantastic. That's where we start, yeah. That's how we're going to wrap it up. It's 11.45. Thank you to Rejoice Numalo, the chairperson of the South African Association of Investors, also founder of this uh, Freaking Summit, Freaking Dream Summit, and uh, the Freaking Dream uh, Movement. I think uh, uh, I'm also kind of inspired by her story, saying, hey, I just sold everything, and I kind of like, hey, I want to live in 
new way. I'm going to explore the continent. That's a pretty cool story. Thank you also to Advocate Sabe Lusibanda, a human rights and criminal expert and uh, founder of the School of African Awareness and Ama Africa at Koto. Thank you as well to the founder of the Kilimanjaro Conscious Leadership Institute, inspirational speaker and former United Nations ambassador to South Africa and Lesotho. Thank you to you, Scholastica Silvan Kimiaro. Thank you for all joining us. Let's uh, welcome back Wisani Matebula. I haven't seen him in a while, so it's good having him back in studio. He's going to give us our economics update today. Thanks, Benjamin, and uh, a warm welcome to Economist uh, listeners. A total of 7,000 employees in Zimbabwe have lost uh, their jobs uh, through retrenchments last year as the country's economy continues to weaken, according to figures from the National Social Security Authority. Zimbabwe's statutory corporate body responsible for all formal employees says at least 52 companies carried out retrenchments in 2014. And the South African presidency says the appointment of Silas Zimu as president Jacob Zuma, special advisor for energy, is aimed at contributing to the work being done to resolve South African energy crisis. Zuma made the appointment on Sunday. Government currently has a war room of officials under the leadership of Deputy President Sir Ramaphosa. They are tasked with dealing the, with the energy challenges. Presidential spokesperson Harold Maloka. Mr. Zimu is a qualified electrical engineer and he brings with him ex- extensive experience in the business and uh, strategic management in energy. He has previously worked for ESCOM uh, as an engineer and on different management positions, including the Johannesburg City Power as managing director. The director general in the presidency has welcomed Mr. Zim and said that um, we are certain as the presidency that his considerable experience and expertise in matters of energy will greatly contribute to the work of being done to mitigate and solve the energy challenges in the country. And Congo Republic's parliament has voted to cut uh, out the current 25th budget by nearly 12% to compensate for a sharp drop in world oil prices. Congo is on track to reverse a decline in production and leapfrog Equatorial Guinea to become Sub-Saharan Africa's third largest crude producer by the year 2017. Oil accounts for 65% of gross domestic product in Congo. However, crude markets collapsed in the first half of this year, cutting into the revenue news of uh, producer countries. The Kenyan shilling has edged down, weighed down by importers buying U.S. dollars to meet their month-end requirements. The shilling has been under pressure from the dollar this year, mainly due to a gaping current account deficit that has been worsened by sluggish earnings from tourism due to a spate of attacks blamed on Islamist militants from neighboring Somalia. The local currency is down 9% against the dollar so far this year. And in Egypt, the central bank has has kept uh, the Egyptian pound steady at 7.53 to the dollar at a forex exchange auction. The central bank has held the official exchange rate unchanged for four months now since letting the pound weaken at the beginning of this year. This weakening and other measures have helped reduce the black market trading. And let's look now at your financial indicators. The dollar trading at uh, 12.1 South African cents, 9.71 to the to Botswana Pula, and 7.33 to the Zambian Kwacha. Also at 0.63 to the British pound and 0.88 against the euro.
We move now to commodities. Gold is at $1,181 and it, its price has gone up being a safe haven now and platinum going down $1,074. A fine ounce Brent crude oil at $62.47 per barrel. That's how it's looking this hour. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's only official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, it's time now to get our sports. Musibiri Makura joins us to give us our sports news. Good morning, sports fans, and starting off with football news. The experience of the, 25th, of the 2013 African Champions League campaign played a big role in Orlando Pirates' hard-fought 1-0 win in the opening CAF Confederations Group B game against AC Leopards in Dolesi, Congo Brazzaville at the weekend. Playing on the back foot of a better part of the game, Pirates found the decisive goal through defender Happy Jelle and a rare overlapping he had made up front. This win sees Pirates... Joint log leaders with Zamalek after they defeated CS Fakshin 1-0 with three points after the first round of matches. Jale was one of the leaders of the team that finished second to Al-Akhli back in 2013 and knows more about grinding out results in difficult territories. I think our experiences of playing away, uh, uh, we taught, taught us very well. We knew that uh, they're going to come first 15 minutes they're going to come pumping the balls in their defense and uh, it, it, it's what we, we did, we had to absorb pressure, we, we got to the second half 0-0 and second half uh, it came again they, they were coming and uh, we absorbed pressure we, we defend well as a team and uh, yeah I think uh, I like to thank first of all our keeper and uh, all, the whole team actually, we did a brilliant job today, it's, uh, it's been long not playing the way we played today and uh, it shows that uh, good things are coming. It was for the first time Pirates managed to beat AC Leopards after they lost there back in 2013 during the group stages and drew back at home. In a group that includes two tough trips to Egypt as well as Tunisia, Jele knows that this away goal is vital in the same way they had opened the 2013 group stages with an away win at Al-Akhli. I like to thank the team the way they, they performed today. It was a team effort and we showed character. We were in one minute today. And uh, if we get one chance, we, we have to capitalize on it. And uh, it's, what, it's what I did. And uh, I'm happy that uh, I scored the goal. And uh, it's, it's, it's for the team. You know, It's going to keep us going. And uh, this is a point system. So if we win away, it makes us on top of the, 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 the group. So, But we need to, to, to ground ourselves so that we... we, we the next game that comes, we, we perform one and we minimize our policies. Pirates' next game in Group B is at home to Zamalek and the match will take place at Mbombela Stadium on the 11th of July.
The South African Football Association have confirmed that newly appointed technical director Neil Tovey has been handed a five-year contract after impressing with his presentation and track record. It was reported on Saturday that the former Bafana Bafana captain had been handed the technical director role, which will see him take the responsibility of overseeing and speeding up the rollout of the training of coaches across the country. SAFA intends to train around 10,000 coaches annually and the new technical director will supervise the acceleration of the development of coaches and instructors to realize this goal. In announcing Neil Tovey as the new technical director, SAFA CEO Dennis Mumble says Tovey has sufficient experience. This person uh, was one of six candidates that we looked at who had gone through our professional license course, which is the level three coaching course. He came as a top of the class in both of those level three courses that we mounted. The instructors of that course were very, very impressed. And and at the time, I recall, they said to me, here is your future technical director. And Mm. I am happy to announce that person's name is Mr. Neil Tovey. On to tennis news, world number one and defending Wimbledon champion Novak Djokovic has denied claims of receiving illegal coaching during his matches but admitted on Sunday that players do find a way to bend the rules to their advantage. In the pre-tournament press conference, Djokovic, who is betting for a third Wimbledon title, denied breaking the rules of communication with his coach while he's on court. I don't think that uh, they were, we're cheating. I don't think that, that that's how you can call it. I mean... Uh, there are special ways of, uh, I would say, uh, communication. If uh, you know, as he mentioned, the way you look at each other and the way uh, you feel um, your box and box feels what you're going through on the court, and uh, I think that's something that just gives you that reassurance, gives you that confidence, and it's not necessary that um, you know he tells me where to serve or. Uh, to which side of the opponent's court I have to play because that doesn't happen but it's more of a you know encouragement and more of a uh, support you know the woman's defending champion Petra Kivitova hopes her form will hold up after pulling out of the tournament last week due to an illness it's nice to be back um, I really missed it for all year and uh, I'm really glad that I can be able to play here again um, I'm getting better uh, unfortunately I get sick in Eastburn and uh, every day is better so I hope on Tuesday will be uh, good form and uh, um, of course the preparation because I got sick wasn't perfect but uh, I'm trying to find a good form Those are your sports news at the start stay tuned to Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance Well, that's how we wrap it up. Thank you for joining us today here on African Dialogue. Well, what do you think of this idea of uh, how we see the continent? Do you think that we see it from a different view now? How do you see Africa? Let us know your thoughts. Plus 27079-695-7930. That's plus 27. Seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. If you're in South Africa, it's oh seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. We want to get your thoughts. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow uh, we'll be looking at uh, the SKA. So it's going to be interesting indeed. You'll find out more about that tomorrow. But for me, Benjamin Mushatama, until tomorrow, God bless. <laughs>